You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Well, Derek, we traveled. We are in wonderful Rochester on Railroad Road, Street, Drive, Lane, Street, Street. <laughs> One of them works. The <laughs> Yes, we are uh, We're on the road of railroads. So for you guys, we were originally here two, going on two and a half years ago, Yeah, which is super exciting um, because there's obviously been a lot of things in the works on your end, sure. but we'll start with introductions, titles, and all that fancy professional stuff and get that out of the way yeah then we'll dive into the fun of what's happening over here sure so my name is alex hunnell uh i have held a lot of roles at black button but currently i'm really focusing on our marketing department uh so i technically would be marketing specialist if that makes you feel fancy yeah Uh, and then i also manage our barrel and our blend program 
So that's both in-house, New York State, uh, and I also do a lot of work with different groups around the country. How long have you been doing the Barrel and Blend program just at Black Button in general? Yeah, and honestly, I've never had any experience in it before. Uh, just coming my sales background with the company and then kind of getting a passion to jump in with production and learn a lot about that. So just over a year has really been my focus of kind of managing that along with our sales team. So you went from sales to production to marketing? I couldn't say right to production. So I kind of work side by side with production. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started off actually as a bartender at our Buffalo tasting room when we had that. And then I jumped into the sales role in Buffalo. So I worked at the most liquor stores in town, uh, bars, restaurants, wineries, other farm producers. And then from there, I jumped into the marketing department, especially during the pandemic, kind of helping us out with our online presence, you know, social media. Uh, I've even got a small Instagram following I do myself to kind of talk with bourbon mm-hmm. groups. And then from there, started to dig kind of deeper into that barrel program. And it just all aligned. You know, the online world, the virtual world, and the barrel programs have kind of all come together in the past, I don't know, 24, 36 months that's with everything amazing. that's changed. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, we were talking right before we pressed record. Black Button is massive. Yeah. And it, I mean, we're trying to get all like the B-roll footage as, as much as possible. And the, the lineup has expanded so much even since we were here last. Yep. So can you talk a little bit about the more recent additions to the lineup and uh, kind of what people can expect with them? Sure. And honestly, I would say the funny thing about it is our lineup is huge. And a lot of that happened even before the pandemic really kicked off. We we actually got a little too wide as a company. Sure. You have too many great ideas. It's a lot of fun. But all of a sudden, you start looking at the warehouse and you've got a lot of things sitting in a warehouse uh, that you want to be able to focus in on. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask us day in, day out, our top three products are about 95% of our business. So that's our four grain bourbon, which you'll see in the blue label, our citrus forward gin, and then the bourbon cream. Uh, but some of the newer things that we've done, like our coffee liqueur, we brought that out uh, kind of middle of the pandemic. I think right around the end of 2020, we did our first kind of wide release out to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a couple new whiskeys. We did a limited release uh, bottle and bond last year. That came out, I think, in June of 2021. Uh, we did an apple brandy finish back in November. So we actually have a couple of different finishings going on in our warehouse right now. We didn't plan for the apple brandy to be ready, but that's kind of the fun of this industry. Sure. You start trying things and you realize they're ready at a certain point. So we got to release that. Uh, cast strength, finishing that apple brandy. You know, you get that really dry caramel apple character on it. It's a really, really cool whiskey. Um, we've got some tequila finish that we're playing around with. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, also rum finish. We are kicking around a little bit of that in the warehouse, too. We'll see. Uh, some of that stuff's you know getting over the year plus mark of in those barrels. Mm-hmm. So we'll start seeing soon if those are ready to go. So the bottled and bond product. I think that this is probably the first local distillery that has a bottled and bond that we've talked to. Yeah. So what's the logistics behind? Obviously, it needs to be in a government controlled warehouse for four years. Correct. But did you did when Black Button started? Was that always the ambition to do bottle and bond because obviously that has to age for four years in that warehouse Mm -hmm. i think there was the idea that we always knew we wanted to get there okay um i kind of talk about with a lot of people that there's a benchmark for a local distillery you know obviously you can go the two routes you can source while you're making your Mm stuff uh or you can actually start from your own distillate from the beginning and slowly either release it a little bit here and there uh keep it in the warehouse and do your clear focuses so we did a little bit of both we started to you know at eight months, a year, 15 months, and then up to two years, we finally hit that benchmark of straight whiskey. And that's where we started to get off and running. Sure. Uh, but we always had the idea of coming out with a bottle and bond release, just something that we knew was all distilled in the same season. Uh, obviously, four years, 100 proof that we could actually say that, yes, these are an actual bottle and bond release. Hmm. That's exciting. It's super exciting, especially because the four grain was with the bourbon cream like you were saying, 95% of your business, but mm-hmm. those are literally never going anywhere. Yeah. But the mash bill for the four grain, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was kind of your, um, like, 
the road that you guys used mm-hmm. to branch off into every other product. Yep, we've okay. pretty much stuck with that. Um, we'll talk about like our blending program we're doing, the bottle and bond. Uh, we do have like a limited pre pre prohibition that we do out of the tasting room uh, once a year. That one is a different mash bill, mm-hmm. so a little bit higher corn, much more like classic rougher style. Mm-hmm. Where the four grain, I mean, that's the sixty corn, twenty wheat, eleven malt to barley, and nine percent rye. That's what we've been using since day one. That's every single barrel we talk about from port finish, apple brandy, finished tequila, uh, the four grain, the cast strength four grain. I mean, it's all the same mash bill, but just you see the differences that proof or finishing, age, any of those different factors that we have to keep an eye on. They, there's just so much that can change on the same mash bill. That's kind of super exciting from our end, too, is because when we educate people around the nuances in bourbon, yep. having a consistent mash bill, like you said, it's easier to then discuss, like, all right, what are you picking up in this one that's different? And that is because the age, or what are you picking up in this one? This is port finish. It's yep. all the same base, but we talk about it a lot too. We just reviewed a uh, whiskey that was not aged and it was just white corn whiskey. Yeah. And we're talking about like 70% of the flavor comes from the barrel. So it's interesting to see with the same mash bill, how different barrels affect, affect the flavor. Yeah, absolutely. And different sizes. I mean, you know, we, we started with really small barrels. I mean, heck, we did, I think Jason might have done some like early tests with almost like a gallon or mm. five. I know we did five gallon. I think there's one sitting right over there, um, you know, and all the way up to 15s became kind of our, our really standby that we did for quite a bit as they were coming out. You know, two to three and a half years, you were getting a pretty decent product. Still, some of the youth is there. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting some of the graininess on the top, but there was a lot of great character just based on our distillation practices. Mm-hmm. So a better product coming off the still, uh, it will age better, even though we are doing kind of that, you know, quick aging that people are half and half for or against. Sure. But then now coming the 30s out, you know, you're starting to see that round out even more. And I mean, we're getting some really excellent stuff that's four to five years that we're seeing. I mean, almost everything at this point that's coming out that's a 30 gallon is over three years. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or two, we're all four plus years. Um, mm. We're kind of working that way. We're almost out of 15 gallons. We've just about pulled the last of those that are actually in the warehouse. And everything else we've been laying down for the past, uh, I think, 18 months or two years, that's all been 53 gallons. So moving forward, we'll be probably... A, maybe a five to seven or six to eight year product once we get to those 53 gallons which when we were first here uh we did a tour with jason which yeah. was great but we didn't have the equipment that we do now in mm-hmm. regards to getting the b-roll footage before the interviews which is going to be really cool because you guys were one of the first in our area you know side of the state to have your label and uh like the canning line basically the bottling line yeah. right next to the still which is really cool for us to see because back then we were still learning all the intric uh int- intricacies intricacies crushed it crushed we it. didn't even drink yet but we're doing good <laughs> well maybe that's a pot we should probably pause and that's have true. a sip i know that's well we true. could we could yeah we could cheers cheers that's guys fine. thank you thanks for having us yeah, we appreciate it. it thanks for coming out so we're going to start off just with the four grain 84 proof you know you haven't tried it probably in a few batches um, so we're at 29 in this bottle, and the most recent one that's going to be coming out 30 is on its way. Hmm. So that's exciting. 84 proof, clean, everyday, approachable for pretty much anybody. And that from there is where we're going to start to see as we have a couple more, how much just changing proof or changing how we handle the process changes that flavor. And yeah. your proof on this, again, is? 84. 84, 84. that's right. Yeah. So um, for the the setup of your distillery, now you're, you were mentioning running out of room. Yeah. Because is that with what's been happening within liquor stores or because of where your products are going? Like what's the driving force behind that? It's a little bit of it all. Uh, I just think we, you know, we had a team that was set to do a lot more production before the pandemic. Uh, and then just 
based on trying to just keep the doors open for the past couple of years, you know, going through the hand sanitizer cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, our team, we're just starting to build back up. You know, we just hired a new production assistant who's getting his feet back under him. We have a guy who used to be a production assistant coming back to the distillery. All at the same time that our uh, Patrick Carroll, who actually just got named full distiller last year, uh, he's going to go off on paternity because his wife's pregnant. Mm. And that leaves, you know, Jeff, who has just, you know, every day he's just running in circles because there's just so many different projects going on. Uh, obviously, the still's running all week. I mean, it, either it's something, a bourbon run. We have gin going on. We're getting ready for lilac gin. Mm. Um, so we could be doing a lot more production in this space. Uh, it's just it, with the short staff, it had been a lot of difficulties getting the right production, the right amount of work done uh, based on the, the need we had. I mean, also, we do occasionally do some contract projects. So we have some other people that we're doing some work for as well. Uh, but the majority of everything that we focus on is all our own work. Which brings it into how you locally source yep literally almost damn near everything so starting with the water um again our audience has grown since we were first here can you yeah. touch on that piece because it is a, a pivotal piece in the entire operation is the water you guys use absolutely and we got our water off hemlock lake uh, it's similar to what jenny's using so that's got kind of a similar limestone basin that you would find in kentucky that's why we get really really good water for whiskey um, you know, if we ever were to change our location, we'd have to find the same water. Right. That's the problem is that you need to be on that source because that massively will affect the process of actually distilling uh, basically from the mash in and beyond. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to do like an experiment of how your foregrain would differ with different water? That I don't know. It could be pretty interesting. I know we've talked about testing other sources. Like if we ever considered changing up, like we'd have to test the water in different locations, do a full panel and see if it would work for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the chemistry of the water is extremely important to everything that goes into that glass by the end. Because when we actually proof, we're just using RO water, reverse osmosis. So that part of it is that's just clean water that gets it down. But yeah, the water that we are distilling and uh, brewing, mashing in with that, that is the key off that Hemlock Lake water. It's so exciting. How far is Hemlock Lake from here? Not far. I I don't actually know the exact minutes, but it's really not too far. And that is, it's just such a key. I mean, we, we are very fortunate to have that great water source and then all the local partners we work with across the state. That help us to build that product at the end. And for bourbon cream, you that's all local too, right? Yeah, we work with the Wacca out in Batavia. So they you know, we source from them, and they're using local dairy. So that helps us to create a product. And there's only a couple places in the country that could even be able to make the product bourbon cream along with us. And we have one of them in our backyard. Speaking of, this is probably the most random question that I sure. just came up with <laughs> in probably a year and a half. But can vegans have bourbon cream because it came from a cow? In a sense? Uh, no. Because, I mean... I, they yeah. can't, right? I don't, they, no, no. I would never say that yeah, to vegan friendly. So. Yeah. And I'm saying that just so good. Yeah, no, I, I know. I could never cut out black button bourbon cream. But there are <laughs> vegan sorry. creams that are coming out. Sure. Okay. There have been a couple on the market I've seen. I've even seen a clear cream liqueur. Interesting. Don't know. Don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I pretty much drink bourbon cream, and that's like the extent of my liqueur reaching out other than like some espresso and some coffee liqueurs. I feel like mm-hmm. you guys kind of led the way here at Black Button with the bourbon cream craze. You you were starting to do this for a while now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I want to say 2016 is when the bourbon cream first came out. And it really was, you know, Jason's dad doesn't really drink whiskey. He, he likes Chardonnay and he likes Bailey's is more or less. In the holidays, he would drink that. And he kind of just challenged Jason to make him something he would drink. So he's like, all right, well, I'll make this bourbon cream. We'll sell it out of the tasting room for one holiday. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Fast forward, it's 60% of our business. It's, it's the largest <laughs> right. thing we make. It's the national piece that we're most connected to. And you're right. I mean, the bourbon cream world has changed massively. I mean, at one mm-hmm. point, our goal was to be 
right next to Bailey's. You know, that's where I want to be on the shelf. That's mm-hmm. who we're basically competing with. We are a Bailey's, but better and locally sourced. You know, that that's all great. There are now bourbon cream sections mm-hmm. in liquor stores, which have changed how you structure the entire cream section. So that we have new competition, but fortunately, the quality and just our history with that product for the past, you know, six years, five years. Uh, we still have that audience that's committed to it, which is exciting. Is it as simple as taking your four grain and just folding it in with the cream, or is there a whole separate distillation process that goes on? So that technicality, I don't exactly okay. know all of that, but I know we're using an ultra-pasteurized cream, blending that in with the bourbon, okay. uh, and then there's just natural caramel color. That's the only other piece we put in. So it, it is probably not too unsimple compared mm-hmm. to what you said, but I'm sure there's some science and technology that I don't even know about. Sure. Um, but all I know is like we we've had it tested where it's up to four years unopened that bottle safe and it's safe for a year opened and honestly I've had one longer that's totally fine. Oh, that's good. That's to know. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So four years unopened, it's safe, and then one year post opening, it's safe. Yeah. And honestly, generally, it's, it's generally going to be safe. You'll know. I mean, the nice thing about a cream, it curdles eventually. Right. Um, but being ultra pasteurized with the alcohol in it as well, I mean, it's it's a shelf stable product and you don't have to refrigerate it. Just leave it on your whiskey shelf. You're good. Hmm. That's cool. Start to finish. How long does it take to make a bottle of cream? Of cream? That one. I can't tell you exactly what that would be because it depends on how long the whiskey that's going in was aged before we send it out. And um, Awaka then helps us with the combination of the cream. I mean, once they, you know, we send it out and come back, it's probably weeks from if we take out the actual whiskey process mm-hmm. from it. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Because that's not the entirely consistent part, just based on, you know, the whiskey that we have and if, what we want to be blending and how it tastes to go with it. Is the whiskey from the four grain bottle uh, pulled earlier for bourbon cream or pulled later? Or? I believe that's the process is that we're using some of the earlier whiskey. For earlier. That. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to put a four year whiskey mm-hmm. with cream. It would be a waste for both ends. Sure. Yeah. Fair. The amount of stills that you guys have here mm-hmm. is insane. Like you have what three full stills and then a smaller kind of like experimental size still but that's is that actually meant for experimentation or is it okay so we'll do some experimental stuff uh smaller runs of a product you know like we might do like an experimental gin that's 300 bottles Mm -hmm. for a store that wants to have their own so we'll run all that on the gin still then we have the uh, the larger kettle we have the two different columns that we'll run through throughout the process Mm -hmm. Um, we're kind of blending like they call it like single pass and double pass distillation Based off, Jason early on accidentally ordered the wrong equipment from what he had learned to distill on. Um, he had learned double pass, and he bought equipment that was built for single pass, which means basically, you know, from kettle to the end. Mm-hmm. So instead, we have to kind of blend the process where we're running a part of the run from the kettle to the end, which is that's kind of lower proof, kind of heavier character, corn, really corny kind of whiskey. And then we're going to flip that over um, where in most cases, people would kind of think that we're starting to turn to tails and that's going to be done. We'll flip that up and go through the column and it gets really kind of clean, higher proof whiskey, blending the two proofs down to where we've got to be legally at 160. And then in the end, we're going into barrel at about 115. Um, But it's this process of really heavy character whiskey and lighter and cleaner whiskey coming together, Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, almost figuring it out based on a mistake that actually gives us the great product coming off the still. That once that goes into barrel, that's why we can get a little bit less aging time and still have a really clean, flavorful product. That's awesome. Has this mash bill been the same for years? Yeah, it, it, it's pretty much the original mash bill that Jason came up with. Maybe I just haven't had it in a while. Dude. Yeah, I mean, you dude, remember our, our palates changed a lot. I can taste and smell like pine and mint. Is that just because I had mint gum before <laughs> this, or is that like, are you picking that up too? It could be. The pine I'm picking up. The mint you're not. It's kind of like a cool, refreshing smell. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm picking that up. I don't remember that in the product before, but again, our our palate and nose have changed so much since then. Yeah, and we've literally reviewed over a hundred since the last time. Sure, we had like we featured Black Button on mm-hmm. our show, yeah, specifically, yeah. which was like episode two, literally, and now that, we're yeah. over a hundred. We're we're just at one forty by the time yeah. this goes live. So it's this is a really good product. It's not that we have a problem. We just you know we yeah, drink we have, a lot. We have a problem. I mean, same here. Uh, <laughs> but you're also probably tasting a blend where the barrels are slightly older, sure, overall than what you would have had a couple years back. So right. maybe they were closer to two to three years, where maybe now we're closer to like two and a half to four, depending on gotcha. the barrels that are coming out and what's coming ready. Um, so I would say most of our blends, it's all three year. There's still some two year stuff, so that's why our label will say aged at least two years. But I think once we get through the last of the 15 gallons, we're probably going to turn that and we might be able to start saying three. Which leads us into the cooperage conversation because you guys are very particular about who you use. Yep. Um, so what is that process like and how often are you getting shipments from the boys up north? So often we're getting shipments. I mean, we're getting them multiple times a year. We, we need that. Uh, it's just the fact that we have to order ahead with uh, the guys in Adirondack as well based on they're very, very busy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've got a lot going on and they... I believe they make the best quality. It definitely in New York, and very likely they can compete with anybody in the country. Uh, I mean, they're making it with the minds of like European furniture crafting, and that's something you don't really see. I mean, they they'll put the hoops on and continue to sand the barrel down till it's perfect, which nobody really does that. They just make sure that it holds liquid. Mm-hmm. So they're putting all that effort into these barrels. They come in gorgeous to the point where you can't really see the stave breaks in between each stave. Um, so most of our, we're putting a lot of our barrels are coming from Adirondack and then we have one other cooperage we work with, uh, I believe out of Minnesota. So, and that's just based on who's got availability and who we're planning ahead with. Yep. Um, but that's kind of like, I was talking about this with marketing, our map of our people we work with, you know, we work with Adirondack and Renson, Mm -hmm. you know, we work with, uh, uh, Edgewood farm, sorry, and Groveland, you know, that's our key. They do all of our grains. We get our malt malted by murmuration. That's a really key partner. They're just a family owned malt house. So having an artisan malt house that close to us, right. also a key. You know, we have a lacquer to work with us. It's 40 minutes away from us. You know, we have our uh, sourcing here for spices and everything we're using in our citrus gin and our other gin characters. So we have just a really great network of local partners that help us to build a farm-based bourbon that I'm happy to say can compete with a lot these days. And we're starting to get the awards for that. Yeah, so talk about that really quick. What awards have you won? I was up there getting the footage of behind the bar, and there's just medals everywhere. So yeah. can you talk about what you've won? <laughs> so the funny thing about the awards, a lot of that, like we, there's only a couple that we're really proud of based on. There's You can buy your way into a lot of awards in this industry. Sure. It's just the reality of it. Um, most recently, we did go into the Heartland Whiskey Competition in Kentucky. Um, and these are guys, you know, they're basically farm-based competition. Mm-hmm. So we like to say they're the ones that really know grain. They know the product. Sure. And we actually tied for best bourbon uh, in the category uh, with a company called Casey Jones. I think we beat Uncle Nearest, which was pretty cool for us to do. They've had a lot of press around them, obviously. Awesome stuff there, blending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also got best in New York State from that competition. So mm-hmm. that's probably the one we're proudest of right now. Um, but we did send a single barrel cast strength expression for that. Nice. We, awesome. we love cast strength. The higher oh, yeah. the proof, we just start smiling <laughs> yeah. more and more. As you say, early in the morning, we'll start off with, you yep. know, a little bit of four grain. <laughs> yes. We'll work our way up. So when we, when we move on, we'll go to some, like, some 94 proof, and then maybe we'll hit some cask stuff after the interview. So how did how did you, like, take this blending program and kind of improve it or enhance it or even kind of get it off the ground? Yeah, Jason and I had started talking about it at the beginning of 2021. Uh, he had the concept of, hey, you know, single barrel is really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity to pick something that's unique and exclusive. But people 
don't really get to understand the blending process. And I think there's been kind of a, there's like a dirty connotation around blending in our industry. People think of it as lesser, but people don't realize that it's the key to the majority of the whiskey you drink. Mm -hmm. Most of it is a blended product. I mean, our four grain uh, is a blend of the tanks that we actually pull our bourbon down into, where it used to be a blend of, you know, let's say 10 or 12 barrels are just ready. So we were able to build in some consistency based on kind of how we now process the barrels as we believe they're ready to come out. And then from the proofing process and actually getting them down uh, to the bottle at the end of the day. So really what Jason thought was like, hey, we can do this really unique. We can now allow people to kind of pick how much whiskey they want at the end of the actual buying process rather than being stuck to saying, oh, well, you're buying a whole barrel. It's 100 and some odd bottles. Like that's it mm -hmm. in a 30 or it's 200 and some odd when you get them from Kentucky because they're 53. For us, I mean, you know, we start at about 10 cases. So a really approachable level. Uh, you get to create something that's your own. Uh, and it all starts off. So our master, our whole team, the master distiller, uh, our assistant distillers, all of them are working together to go into the warehouse, sample the barrels. And when they're tasting all four grain barrels, they're deeming each of them kind of characteristic in the barrel. So is this four grain barrel a spicier mm. barrel? Is it a sweeter barrel? Is it an oakier barrel? Or there's a final character we call base, which does, it sounds bad, but all it means, it kind of has all of those characters in it. Um, but it just doesn't have any one so specific. So it's a really good blending base bourbon mm. that we like to use in all of our blends. All of those barrels get now designated by that characteristic, and then we pull those down into a tank together as they start the proofing process before we go to foregrain. So right at this point, the tanks sit right at about like 95 proof, and that allows us to do a kind of unique blending at a higher proof than we normally go out to market at. And it's amazing the changes you'll see so we'll go off basically just easy math. You've got four barrels. you got got 100% to go off of. Mm -hmm. You pick your percentage based on each of those different tanks. If you go from 20 to 21, like on the sweet and the spice and just flip them, you could ruin the entire blend. It could just totally take it off. That's crazy. Even a half percentage or a quarter percentage is kind of what our team starts to get really specific of because it's the same process we use to blend every batch of four grain, mm -hmm. which has to be as good or better than the prior batch. That's just our standard. So we compare to 29 when we did 30. And if they think that they hit it on the first strike, great. It rarely happens. And I promise you, we probably do two more because we never believe we got it right. <laughs> um, but they might just change. Like, you know, we want to go like 21 and a quarter on sweet for this one. Just because that's what we think it hits a sweet spot. So do you just like put it in a, like a... Um, cylinder like a chemistry glass and try to figure it out from there is that what you do yeah honestly like we'll kind of start from like we have a rough idea of where we want to go from the first four um, we kind of pull it out so let's just say Jeff uh, Fairbrother who's our master distiller and myself are working on a blend for a customer we'll say well let's just start with you know uh, 15 base and, and 25 and, and whatever else from there to make 100 he'll blend that up and we'll try it out and then we'll start talking so okay so it's missing this it's got a great nose a little light on the finish, so I think you know maybe the spice tank would help us get that finish back up. So let's change like two points there, take two points away from oak. Let's reblend that. We'll do a take two, and the whole way through we're marking everything down, so we can go back if we think there was something that was mm -hmm. right or wrong. If we think we were kind of closer, generally by the time we get to like three or four takes, we're down to just single points. You know, we may in, I, I've kind of gotten past doing like five point changes. It's you know two or three at a time sure. just to get really tight. And again, it just takes a little bit of time. It's a chemistry set, you know, big flasks and and all of the, the graduated sailors and everything. We're playing around with like high school and uh, all of a sudden you get to sit there and sample and come up with something really cool. You know, I was in high school playing with those uh, graduated cylinders. I'm like, there's no way in my life I'm going to use these. And look at that. <laughs> I know. All yeah, the time. That's cool. Little Bunsen burners. <laughs> yeah. So for for your um, that program that you guys rolled out. Yeah. How has it been received, and then how many have you completed thus far? So I think we're up to about 16 blends we've done in about a year uh, with 
us not still kind of figuring the kinks out of the program. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, it's either we like to get people on site and do them. So we've done a couple of store groups, uh, Buffalo, Rochester, and in New York, that we want to bring them in so they can actually come in and see the process, be a part of the process, mm-hmm. and get their hands on it. it. It's a lot more fun that way. The other side of it is we'll actually send out a survey uh, to like larger groups. Um, I think the largest blend I did was like 800 bottles for a big whiskey group that wanted to do this. And we put the survey out to them. You know, we got, let's say, 60, 80 responses. And then Jeff and I will break that down and we'll talk about how do we meet the characteristics based on everybody's palate. It's really hard. If you give a group of 800 people or even a group of six people that come in and try to do this, it's really hard to get agreement between six people. Sure. I kind of have to like designate you are the leader for this group. You're going to make the final call at the end of the day. Because otherwise, you just you'll get so granular and so far off, and it's hard to hit everybody's palate. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, but the survey allows us to get a really rough idea. So we put that out, and we're getting really awesome reception. I mean, especially from people who haven't tried our product and to get their hands on a process like our blending program. It's it's been really exciting to see how excited and pumped people are for it. It's always fascinating to see what Black Button comes up with because it's it's ahead of the curve. But it's within the vein of what everybody else is doing at the same time, which is really fascinating because I think a lot of it is a credit to Jason's history with the political science major and then everything mm-hmm. else that he was doing down in D.C. When Then he came up here after he realized he was colorblind where he goes, you know what, if single barrel is really cool, how can we tweak that? So having yeah. this option is so much cooler because yep. then you're physically in the space, you're playing with all the, all the equipment, and then you're designing something at such a... Uh, like a minute point that basically enhances the entire experience to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. It's a really cool thing. Well, we appreciate that. And that's kind of the concept of mm-hmm. it is definitely, you know, how can we stay within the industry while standing apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's there. And I think, again, it's it's education. Blending is still something that people don't understand. But now there are fortunately more master blenders that are in this industry. There are more companies that are basing their whole product line off of master blending. So that's exciting and helps us a little bit in people understanding what we're doing. Uh, but there are still people that think it is a lesser product based on the fact that it's a blend. Yeah. They don't understand the process. Like You are actually getting a chance to be a master blender and create your own whiskey based on the exact same barrels we're putting out day in, day out for a four green blend. On professional equipment. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting that you bring that up. There were people just don't or they associate blended with a lesser product because yeah. I think that people associate it mostly with it's a blend. It didn't come from that distillery. Like they got it from MGP and yeah. there's that whole connotation of it, it's not their product. So it can't be that good. Uh, so it's, I'm surprised that the industry hasn't adopted a different term for blending products within the same distillery. Like if you look at Scotland and like the single malt, yeah. like that single means it came from one distillery. Like let's, I'm surprised that the American whiskey hasn't adopted something similar to distinguish it came from one distillery. Well, I think you just came up with it. I think it's just single blend. Sure. There you go. That's fair. Thanks, guys. I'll take my check uh, soon. Thanks. Uh, just, just make sure it's signed out to Buffalo Happy Hour yeah. so that I'm still somewhat involved. Appreciate that. We'll get you your cut, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but you're right. I think that's what's kind of interesting is that people are trying to understand this concept of blending. And it. It's just really funny when it clicks for them because mm-hmm. all of a sudden they start to see that that's the artistry and what products are being mm-hmm. made and how they're being made. Is the blending is the key. Now we because we're so much tighter, you know. Let's just say we're twenty barrels in a blend. There are still changes that can be made just based on you're not that large of an amount of barrels. We're not doing hundreds of barrels dropped into a blend where all of a sudden it's going to be so close because yeah. uh, you know even if these bigger distilleries are dropping that many barrels, there's not as massive an opportunity to change. But if you come in and do a blend today based on what the tanks are, 
if you want to come back in a year and use the exact same percentages, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Because now we're using different barrels that have been put into the blend. And all of a sudden, you know, we're using older barrels, we're using bigger cooperage. You know, it it changes the process every time. Plus, Plus the climate will impact the grains coming from the farm so all of those small variables make a massive impact i think the only real downfall is the fact that the the whiskey community is so small Mm -hmm. and there's so much information available that everybody's very educated like basically very intelligent on the entire you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well anyways i was calling current because i was told they could help get my brand set up on tiktok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there wow (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold industry so when it comes down to very small stereotypes between a single barrel or a blend that exists because there's so many people educated on what the difference is that they come up with their own ideas of why it's bad Mm -hmm. and then you know now they have a platform to basically sit there and type it out and then there you go and that's why we've called it our bespoke blending i mean that does tie back to the button heritage with our company with jason's background and his family Um, but calling it bespoke you know it's basically tailored to fit it's fit to your palate so I call it custom blend kind of off the cuff because it makes more sense to people, but it's really our bespoke blending program. That's what the label actually says. Is it difficult to find or to have the Cooperage make barrels that aren't standard 52 gallons? So it's not because people are doing a lot of 15 and 30 okay. gallons. So that's that's a pretty consistent size in the industry at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, 53 is really the one that everyone believes in. Sure. I think that's the one that there's the most respect behind, and it's where we're going. And a lot of research behind, too. I mean, you yeah. can you can calculate how much you're going to lose mm-hmm. to Angel Share during a 53, and it's not as well known with a 15 or 30. So yeah. your your warehouse, how much do you – this is obviously just a random estimate, but 53 to 30 to 15, what's the percentage of your product that's sitting in those type of barrels? Right now, we're almost done with 15s. Okay. So – I mean, we've been doing about 853 gallons a week uh, most recently. So, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say we're probably still, you know, 60, 70 percent, 30 gallons. But mm-hmm. that's wild. I mean, the distilling might tell me I'm totally wrong. Sure. Uh, but we're turning that way. <laughs> the other problem is that because we're starting to pull so many 30s. 
mean, we've got a couple thousand barrels in the warehouse right now, and we're laying down the 53s, but we're just building up that stock for a few years. So primarily 30 gallons, a little bit of 15 that are almost gone at this point. I'd say there's a decent chance that by the end of this year, those will all be gone. And we'll just be doing 30 gallons and then starting to peak at some of the 53 gallons that are coming of age. Do you use the similar char for each barrel, do you know? Or is it? Yeah. Okay. We pretty much keep the same char. I believe we're like a three and a half. Okay. Yes. That's that's normal. That's common. Yep. It's pretty fascinating. So if we don't mention this, we're going to get a comment about it. So we might as well just hammer <laughs> it out. The tasting room in Buffalo was a sad mark for a lot of people in Buffalo sure. where it's like, I liked it there. Yeah. So... Uh, obviously 99% of it was timing. Yeah. You guys were literally around the corner from Chicago street. Yeah. Which when you were there, wasn't what it is today. Sure. So relax everyone who's watching this. Um, it was a little break. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been discussions and rumors floating around that it's been hinted at a potential comeback based on the, the market. So obviously there's going to be a market analysis done on if it does make sense financially. Sure. Um, post pandemic, obviously that changes everything. Yeah. So is that a, goal on a blackboard somewhere of like having a tasting room in buffalo it will be a thing again it's just not right now because we're focusing on a b c and d and e or is it let's just stay in rochester and then just be done with it we're currently not discussing another tasting room in buffalo Uh, it doesn't mean it would never happen Mm -hmm. yeah i think we uh, our focus has got so upended in the pandemic that you know the timing was bad you know the the room having to close it was never something we wanted it's one of the few times that honestly we've all said like hey you know we normally have been able to make things work we got a pretty good team that's really creative that can usually put our heads together and find the right way to make things make sense and the buffalo taste room just with all that timing and coming into the pandemic it just it didn't end up working out for our company so right now we don't have that plan and i think really what we're trying to turn our focus back on is just getting the events and the support in every area in New York State. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, we've got eight-plus sales reps across the entire state. We've got a guy in Long Island. We've got a guy in Manhattan. We just hired somebody in the Capital Region. We've got a woman who manages like 30-plus counties over the phone and also in person. So she does like the whole 86 corridor all the way up. Uh, And then we've got two people in Rochester. We have somebody who's coming on in Buffalo to take over the whole territory and somebody who does major accounts. So we've got a really large sales team, and we want to make sure that as we're expanding our message, we started to get that national push just before the pandemic, and that all shut down. I mean, we were launching the same month as everything shut down, as everybody else in the world was doing something in March 2020. That was going to be a big thing. Um, So I think we kind of came back in. We looked like when things start to open back up, we'd much rather be focusing our energy in supporting our accounts in every area. So we want to make sure that we put the right marketing, the right tastings, the right events, and we can really put the funds that way. And also to be at markets, uh, at festivals, at any way that we can make sure people get to experience Black Button, even without us necessarily having a room on the spot. Because I think it makes a bigger impact when you can come to a spot where the distilling equipment is right behind you Mm -hmm. and see that and engage with it. But you've got on Chicago Street. We've got Hartman's right now. You've got Buffalo Distilling, even Lockhouse and Tommy Rodder and all these guys. I mean, they've got their actual facilities right on spot. Uh, And I think that it's really exciting to be able to be in the actual facility Mm -hmm. when you're at a tasting room. So I think that those factors really kind of changed our focus. And, you know, maybe uh, things would have been different. Maybe if we had a little more parking, it wouldn't have hurt. Um, But I think that's really why we're going to focus on supporting all of the regions we work with and making sure that people see our people present uh, and get to still try all the product. Yeah, you tried 
Black Button tried really hard, and it was amazing, that tasting room. It looked beautiful, but mm-hmm. there's nothing like coming here. I mean, this tasting room here, you're looking through the glass to all of the beautiful stills, and yep. it's just it's an experience coming here. Yep. So what, what do you offer here as, like, cocktail menu, beer? Like, what, what can somebody expect walking into this tasting room? Yeah, I mean, beyond just being able to come in, do tastings, experience the product, uh, do flights, we do full beer line, uh, probably, like, two or three on average we have on site and it's we're trying to work with our local partners mm-hmm. you know one thing we do is we partner with a lot of barrel partnerships with different breweries around the state so we try to you know have our local partners shown we have wine on site as well so we again local wine heron hill for instance is one of our big wine partners we work with um, we do some like you know light snacks and light fare mm-hmm. we uh and then also you know just having a good cocktail seasonal menu that rotates you know a few times a year uh, but the other things we're doing not on our days we're actually open are things like gin blending classes and whiskey blending classes and mm. cocktail classes. So we're only open two days a week right now. We're just Friday, Saturday. Other oh. than that, we open up the room throughout the week for special events. And I think that's that's how we're trying to reengage is to offer unique experiences to people. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really exciting, though, because it kind of gives you a revamped um momentum and energy into Mm -hmm. and drive and passion to what you guys are doing for the community but it is nice that if you're in buffalo and you go to any major event black button has a presence sure so even even any major liquor store any liquor store well yeah black button's everywhere yeah literally everywhere but it was nice there was a it was a middle of winter they had like that little farmer's market thing and where everyone's inside these little like lodge cabin oh, the chalets yeah. yeah 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 and right down by the casino yeah and we were super confused of just like this looked huge on tv and it was a small little alleyway yep. and then there's black button of course <laughs> so i'm just like all right well give me a bourbon cream like i'm here, <laughs> and, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> and so me and my wife are just laughing about it she's like look black button because every, anytime we go to something like that yep. then the first thing we're trying to see of like who's who's got the booze like, where are we at? And then it's just really nice that Black Button's always there. Yeah, and that's honestly our biggest focus. I mean, we had a thousand tastings and events literally planned in 2020. And we had to go out of that. And that's the hardest part for a local brand. And what most of us are struggling, mm-hmm. just on the wine trail all day yesterday, talking to our winery partners. And we just can't engage with the customer as well. And that's been the biggest struggle. We we are all about liquid to lips. You've got to try mm-hmm. the product. You've got to talk to the people. That's how you're going to learn about us. And we want to make sure you're experiencing that. Otherwise, it's just hard with a bourbon that's $50 that we believe 100% in all the value in that bottle. You still got to try it with everything else on the shelf today. Absolutely. Yeah, right. The, the market is pretty saturated, and it's yeah. probably only going to get even more saturated because people want to get into this industry. It, it's it's cool to see because the product won't be – like you're not going to run out of things to try. For our standpoint, it's awesome because we oh, yeah. taste something different every week. But uh, we have a problem. But it's <laughs> – the the whole thing about getting somebody to taste it, you're the process, the water source, mm-hmm. the the blending process. It's so different, and if people walk by it and see it on the shelf, it's like, oh, it's another local whiskey. Yeah, I guess I'll try it. But if you get into it and you actually try it, you're gonna be like, oh, this is actually really good. Because- that's the whole thing for us. I mean, you just you have to try it. I yeah, mean, we know that. I mean, we're we're all about tastings. Like that's. We want to do that for our store partners. We want to make sure we're in. You know, we're we're doing multiple tastings a weekend in Buffalo every weekend at different lo- liquor stores across the entire area, Niagara County, down and beyond, and all the way in Rochester and out to Long Island. I mean that that's what we focus on. We want you to experience with us. You want to talk to our people. That's why we hire our own brand ambassador mm-hmm. team. We're not doing agencies for any of our tastings. That's good because those are the people that come in. They know. I mean. We get a lot of retirees. We get a lot of college students that are excited about learning about this kind of stuff. 
I mean, heck, that was me. I, I came from selling advertising at a TV station, dropped all that, got into the bar, did the brand ambassador work. And that's where you start to really understand everything that goes into making a craft product. And it shows, too. I mean, we just had a Whiskey Riot a couple of months ago at this point. And you can tell what distilleries had somebody that was hired that just read off the label and yeah. somebody who actually believed in the product. It sold you on, oh, okay, I did just try that one. But let me try this expression, too, because you know so much about it. Tell me the story behind it. Yep. And th- that shows you have to have people that are passionate about it in those situations to just help your brand. That and then there's also college degrees about distilling and yep. brewing now, mm-hmm. which is like very strange because it was like, yeah. what, hold on, like used to go for like nursing or criminal yeah. justice or like business yeah, right. or, or marketing. And it was this blanket genre that you went to college for. And now it's like, no, dude, you can go here for two years and literally learn how to do it from start to finish. And you're like, hold on, like college makes sense now? Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. stopped making sense for a long time. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, I think it, on a non-bourbon topic, I think the trade industry and, and trade businesses are going to bump up in mm-hmm. people's it's kind of like blending people they look lower at like an electrician or a plumber sure. or somebody who learns a trade but i don't know i went to school for musical theater to learn how to sing and dance for four years and now i'm doing whiskey for my living right i think that's the reality you ask anybody who went to college in the last 10 or 20 years and you say what'd you go get your undergrad in and what yep. are you actually doing today yeah it's very rarely the same thing absolutely yeah so what other blended do we have here? Because we got some something else on the table. Oh, here. yeah. So what I was going to bring out for you guys. The so spoke we, blend. This is one of our distiller select blends. So uh, myself and Jeff worked together on a couple that we just really liked. So this is our batch 10. <laughs> Dirk, I want it first. <laughs> there, he gets a first. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. So again, same mash bill, slightly higher proof, but different blending of the tanks that are out there that we talked about with the different flavor characteristics. What's what's the mash again? I think you said at the beginning. 60% corn, 20% wheat, 11 malted barley, and 9% rye. I like the low corn. Sometimes sweeter bourbon, especially with your four grain, because it is an 84 proof, It's it doesn't taste like an 84 proof, like super light and sweet, because I think yeah. your corn percentage is so low, which helps obviously make it a bourbon, but it's not like, oh... I'm not even tasting anything because it's too sweet. Yeah. I think that 84 is perfect with that blend. Clearly, I know a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we joke all the time because we'll say something like that. We're like, who are we talking about this? We don't know. <laughs> I, I have imposter syndrome a lot with what I do for a living. Uh, look, <laughs> yeah. I, I get to sit next to a master distiller, uh, a full-time distiller who has viticulture background, and try to talk about tasting notes. And mm-hmm. I have no right to be doing that. But it, you can learn. Oh, yeah. You can learn your palate. You can learn the product. And I have joke with them all the time. Like, I find certain things you don't always find in it based on my palate. Right. But it's getting people past the the fear of just talking. Because that's what people, when I go to do the bigger tastings and we talk about whiskey, and I'm like, what are you guys getting? What are you what are you getting? What aromas? What, what characters? What are you getting in the, the beginning, the middle, and the end of your palate? How's the finish? How's that exhale? It's all stuff you can learn. Mm-hmm. If you just want to take the time, I mean, look, once you get to the third glass of whiskey at the end of the night, I can't really help you with tasting <laughs> right. notes. But I Tastes s- like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still taking the time to say, like, all right, I'm trying something new. Let me at least, you know, take two minutes and just smell it and taste it and just see, you know, what am I getting? Mm-hmm. And that's the fun of it. So, yeah, there is there is the imposter syndrome, I think, for a lot of people who kind of squirrel their way into doing whiskey blendings and tastings. Right. Um, but I, I like to just lean on these guys who are just complete professionals and have excellent palates to tell me I'm not crazy. Absolutely. And it can start with something very small. Like my favorite comment my wife makes when she tries something new is, oh, it doesn't taste like fire. 
<laughs> but it, that works. Yeah, and now she's like, oh, I can actually... Now she's starting to pick up on more and more and more, but she also listens to him and I just be like, does this taste like toffee or are you getting any pineapple? Like, because I'm, I'm getting pineapple for some odd reason. It's like, no, you had a lot at lunch. <laughs> so it might be that or it's because it's rum. Like, who knows? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, a lot of times I'll... When I'm tasting with those guys, I'll start off... Obviously, we spend a little bit of time on the nose and the aroma and I'll, I'll be putting out more blanket... You know, I know that there's. I'm getting oak. Okay, now can I categorize that at all? Because Jeff, our master distiller, will say like, "Well, this is like you know sawdust or mm-hmm. like a mature barn oak." Like he'll start to get into the really you know or sweeter, younger woods based on his own experiences, and he has that kind of like just catalog of experience. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you're working off. If you're trying to take a memory, a sense memory, and put it into words. Yeah, it, we sometimes we go off the rails about it. We're like, it smells like a really depressed horror film, abandoned attic in the middle of south buffalo and yeah. people are like you can taste that and it's like if you tried this you would 100 percent know what we're talking about yeah my favorite thing right now is you know remember when we were younger and we had those ice creams with wooden spoon yeah that wooden spoon i get in so much bourbon yep because it's just like this young wood taste yeah, yeah. that i was for a while calling went splintered wood mm-hmm. because i couldn't just put that connection to the childhood <laughs> yeah. memory i had and now it's just oh that's that spoon from the swirl ice cream that i used to have when i was younger it's, yeah. it's crazy how your mind works with coming up with things like that yeah but you have to experience it outside of whiskey if you want to try to experience it in whiskey like yep you can't say oh this tastes like kumquat but you never had a kumquat before i don't even know if that flavor would be in whiskey that'd be kind of cool but you would have to have that flavor outside of whiskey to be able to pick it up in whiskey you're not just going to create that out of the top of your head no you've had to they do actually it's funny if you've ever i'm sure you've seen the documentary neat and probably golden mm-hmm. dram yeah they talk about you know like women actually have a lot better palates yeah and they do it in a little bit not the way I would talk about it, saying, well, they spent more time in the kitchen. It's like, that's not the right way to say it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, more or less. Coming in hot. I, well, I think it was actually the golden dram. <laughs> oh. a little, but they were just saying, like, because they, they spend more time in their right. youth, you know, with a lot more senses. You know, prefer, perfumes or baking mm-hmm. or in the kitchen. So I think people, like, I have a big passion for cooking. So, like, I really like to cook. I really like to play around with stuff. My wife's a very big recipe person. I'm much more of a, I kind of know what I'm going to do, but let's just get in there. Sure. Just get in. Yeah different spice different this let me taste it this isn't right you know so i think that helps me mm-hmm. have a, a kind of growing catalog of sense memory to use when i'm doing these tastes because you're right you can't just say kumquat if you've never had one. right so like jeff they'll say something like you know like marzipan and i'm like well geez i don't know the last time i had freaking marzipan mm-hmm. so that's not that helpful <laughs> right. but you know you break it down and you start to say but like what is like my sidestep into that and how, how do i know how to qualify this and somebody has to talk first mm-hmm. in these things. Because when you get these big group tastings, nobody wants to sound wrong. Right. And that's my, like, I'm like, guys, you cannot be wrong. Because right. everyone it's here has different yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which I do like to call on the mature barn. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, because we just say, like, hey, barn. It's like, yeah. all right, sweet. Yeah. Which, that... It's like, go into a we barn. We should hang out with him more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Buffalo. We'll hang out. Yeah, yeah we'll get some drinks. <laughs> but yeah, like, go into a barn after it's, like, rained. Yeah, that's when mm-hmm. you kind of get that like mature that kind of feel or like a dust a really dry middle of the summer the dusty barn like those are two different characters I can't tell you that I can pull it out right but Jeff you know he has that experience so he, kn- he knows how to pull some of these things out but what do you guys think so off of going off the 84 and coming into something a little bit higher proof that's different blending I like this more the the 84 is f- like fresher grains mm-hmm. yep that hits you up front and it's not like a spice it's just a okay that like that was pulled from mother earth i don't know like four hours ago that's Mm -hmm. what it tasted like this it's more mellowed down i feel like it's a little more caramelized 
Yeah. So it's a smoother finish than the 84, but I, I love the, uh, like the legs on it, the oil viscosity. It's nice. Like it just, the whole experience of it for me is more enjoyable than the 84. That pine and mint went away and it was just completely thrown in with the just the grain the woody the the smokiness to it like the the barrel kind of took over a lot yeah with this one than it did with the foregrain i still am shocked at how great that foregrain was because i haven't had it in so long i i'm shocked with how good that is so go and do a dump we're gonna go into a batch made of the do same i have to dump i'm just gonna well, we got, we more. got drive. Don't yeah, worry. We got, drive. we got more whiskey. Not, <laughs> we have no shortage of whiskey. So these are two batches we made at the exact same time. These are two different takes on the same blending testing we were doing. Okay. So let's just say it's take four and take seven. And we picked those two based on the, the blending percentages we came up with. So this will be kind of interesting to see what you guys think based on things made at the same time. Mm-hmm. Same exact uh, tanks. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I saw that there. I know. I went to Derek first again. That's fine. That's fine. We all know who's more important. So the wax. <laughs> um, so then try this, see how that compares for you. I, I've still got water in mine. I don't want that's oh, a no, bad. That's a sin. You that's work sin. here. What are you working? <laughs> Where do you have to go? Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! You guys got to do your rinse, and now I have to be a plebe and not true, be able to do true. my own rinsing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair, but I'd be really interested to see. So again, this is the fun of the blending process. These yep. were two different takes on the same day we came up with. Okay. And see how those differentiate. Now again, all the same barrels, same four grain mash bill. Everything is the exact same, all the factors except for the percentages in the tanks. That first one, I was getting significantly more sweetness to it. I was getting a lot of the caramel, the vanilla, the honey. This one, I'm getting more of the wood in the spice, like the spice a little bit on the back end and more of a... If I was to have both of these next to each other, I would say that this one was aged longer, okay. which to me is interesting, um, than the first one because the first one was very, very sweet mm-hmm. to me. And I think in that, comparison to this, that lines up because I remember when we did these. This has a lot more oak on the nose, mm-hmm. yeah, which I like. I, I'm much more of like an oaky, aggressive, like Knob Creek. Yep. Tend to go for the Knob Creek 120 single barrels um, or like the 2010 rye we could find around the area for a little while. That's more my like everyday available bourbon pan of palette. So this fits me more because this is definitely a lot oakier. It's got a mm-hmm. longer finish. It's got a little bit more of aggressive finish in a way that I like. I think I'll say aggressive finish and people think, oh, it's like it's hot. It's bad. It's like, no, it just it sits with you more. The spice stays with you. You get those characters. They linger and it stays longer. And I want my, my bourbon to stay with me. Otherwise, I got to keep drinking right. it faster. <laughs> Which, to your point, one of my favorite aspects about whiskey is how it makes you slow down. Yep. Depending on the spirit. And that's why I generally like higher proof is because it makes you it makes you take a second to enjoy the finish because it didn't leave yet. Yep. The eighty four and the first ninety four were fairly quick ending note. Um it just help me. Um dissipated quickly. There yeah. You go. Thanks. You get Nailed it. I got you. Dissipated quickly. It was yes. the, eye. it was the eyes. Yeah. I could see you guys yeah. saw it in the it, eye. Yeah. And then with this one, it's this like you said, the spice literally sits in your mouth, but it not in a bad sense. It just yeah. kind of your cheeks absorb it and then it just sits there and then your tongue is just like tingling. It's like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. And then your nose opens up and your whole sinus cavity is just like that was a really good spirit. And then it makes you take a second and be like, Okay, it's time to decompress. The day's yeah. over with. Now I get to sit here and relax. 
and I'm with you on that, where generally the higher proofs or a more aggressive finish mm-hmm. makes you take a second to pause. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, with all three of these, it stays from here up. Like, I'm not getting anything down here, Nothing. which to me, yeah. if, as soon as it goes down and kind of like bubbles in your stomach, I'm like, ooh, I got to really slow down. Mm-hmm. But this is just so like top heavy and just so oily and it stays in your mouth. This is fantastic. And again, that's all local grain, locally done, locally produced, locally mm-hmm. aged. It this is a it's one of the very, very local centric bourbons that are available in New York. That's the great thing about our state. Yeah. With the farm license, you have so many distilleries making great product that I'm just hopeful that more people will try more of them. It's not just us. I mean that's the thing. I'm not always only gonna say mm-hmm. like you gotta try black button. Like, yes come try us i I need to pay my bills it's great thank you but there are distilleries across the entire country in every county every city that are trying to do the exact same quality work and people just need to get out and give them a chance you and i were talking off camera when derek was outside doing the b-roll footage and the price point from 40 to 100 dollars a bottle is so vast but it allows you to not kill your wallet but then get the same benefits that you would from a higher priced bottle and adverse, sometimes the higher expensive price point does nothing for you at all. And it almost makes sense to just stick to around 40 to $70 a bottle to yeah. then really get what the best bang for your buck. Yeah. And I love the fact that Black Button is generally within that price range. Yeah. Is this available in and around Buffalo? The blend is not. So the okay. thing is, like, every blend is different. Um, there are some stores that have them. You have to go find them. But this is something that anybody can do. That's like any liquor store that wanted to create their own blend. And like I said, it's a really approachable set. We only ask people to start off at 10 cases. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, thinking a single barrel, even a 15-gallon is at least that and it's cash strength. So, there's extra cost in that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a much more approachable price point. It's totally customizable and it's all local. And, like, this is something we're really excited about the opportunity with this because it gives stores a chance to get more involved. Right. Unlike me just bringing two single barrels and saying, which do you like? Is that – what is the general um, MSRP – for one of these programs generally like 59 to 64 yeah. so you're right in that range and you got to remember it there is a lot more labor that goes into making a custom sure. blend for somebody because we've got to go through the whole process you know obviously four grain there's no additional labor we've done all the work we've done that process and then it's out the door and it's a lower proof mm-hmm. cast drink single barrels those are probably you know around like 65 to 75 probably closer to 75 and our own taste room that's what you would pay mm-hmm. for a cast strength product uh, or like our Empire Rye, which is Rye is its own other conversation of just being a really tough, messy grain to work with, but something we really do love. That's a whole podcast yeah. we could go down on Empire Rye and let it let and me know if you want to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Rye is so good. I love the Empire Rye too. It's one of my favorite ryes. Well, we should get like us and like Buffalo Distilling and a couple others on and talk about Empire Rye someday. Yeah, have like yes. a New York distillery discussion. Get, like, people from each distillery. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that's cool. I don't even think about that. We'll see. I'd step out. I'll get Jason back in because (laughs) I just like to talk about this program and have a couple drinks with you guys. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So anything else on the horizon that you guys are doing? What's the summer looking like with events? I I know that we talked about that your events kind of subsided a little bit in the last couple years, but what's coming up this year? So you're going to see us all over the state again. I mean, we, we're pretty booked out tastings and engravings and uh, actual events in Marketplace. That Those are growing right now. Um, some stores are reopening their tasting opportunities. So you're going to see us at your local liquor stores a lot more in the Buffalo area. Uh, besides that, here in Rochester, um, in June, we're actually going to be celebrating our 10-year. So we'll be 10 years in business. We'll be doing, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, we're Absolutely. extremely excited about that. That's really cool. You know, it's like the... You can't not drink. That's a mm-hmm. bad idea. 
it's the same thing with the whole two years. Hitting two years as a whiskey and getting above that and starting to work towards where we want to be on the every day. Yeah. Same thing with a business. A small business making 10 years is extremely exciting. I mean, it's Jason as a singular person starting this thing from scratch and then building out a community of people that really want to make it work. That's what we're excited about. So in the first week of June, of June we're going to be celebrating our 10-year. We're going to have a whole month of events. That's all going to start getting announced here probably in the next four weeks. But we'd love to have anybody out that wants to come. Uh, we may or may not have a special whiskey release. I can't promise or cannot promise it. But you can assume there'll be something fun. Sure. Yeah. That's the biggest thing we're starting to push towards. Um, and then other than that, yeah, I mean, there's just going to be a ton of events in market across the entire state. Are you only available in New York State or do you have other states that you sell in? We are available in other states. Okay. Um, we were going to do a larger national push, uh, obviously, in 2020. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little <laughs> bit. But, you know, you do what you can. Sure. Uh, Massachusetts is a big state for us. Uh, we have a guy on the ground in the Boston area and beyond nice. that is actually helping to build the product with a distributor in that area. Um, we have somebody in New Jersey. Texas has turned out to be a pretty good state mm-hmm. for our product. And we're also doing some growth in Florida. Um, those are just some of the key. Uh, we're in Michigan as well. Sure. I mean, you know, we do some stuff with California. Like there are other states, Illinois, we do a little bit with, but those are the kind of the big partners that we work with. Do you have a listing of like liquor stores or how can somebody in California know where to find your stuff? Yeah, we have a where to buy page on okay. our site. So you cool. can go in there and check that out. Um, and if anybody, if there's not something listed for you, we have like cheers at Black Button Distilling. You can email us and uh, we'll see where the closest opportunity is for you. Cool. Um, and you present whatever we can to make sure you get to try our product. Texas is a sleeper state, man. They're coming out hot. I'm obsessed with the amount of distilleries that are opened yeah. in, they open their business in other states. And it's always funny because if I were to put myself in their shoes, mm-hmm. in this case, Jason's, it'd be like, where would I want to retire? <laughs> How do I get a guy on the ground? Yeah, right. it's, it's like, and then when you come time, time to retire, you're just whiskey like, this in is, Hawaii. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like, all right, it's for work. It's for work. You know, yeah, I mean, really. we're open there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Texas is definitely a sleeper and I respect a ton of the product coming out of Texas right mm-hmm. now. Like I just tried Milliman Green for the first time. Excellent. Really, really great product. Doves River. I have not had Devil's River. That De- I, I need to try. I know. That's I, one of our favorites that's like 25 bucks. That's like if you're looking for something just to pick up. Yeah. They're easy. They're rye and they're small batch are 30 bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one that I always have on my shelf that I don't want to tell people because they'll start buying more and more right. of it. Evan Williams, Bottle and Bond. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of like the secret that everyone knows, but they don't want it to be that next bottle that kind of blows up at sure. this point. Yeah. But you can't beat it for 20 bucks. And that's somebody who works at a distillery making craft product. Right. Like, that's a great one to give to somebody who just wants something and they don't care about bourbon that much. Sure. And it's a good mixer too. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your social medias? Where can people find what you guys are doing next? So at Black Button Distilling, that's pretty easy. Uh, we're big on Facebook and Instagram. That's really where we focus on. Um, I do a little bit with Alex Black Button Distilling at Instagram. You can see me when I make sure to actually have the time to post uh, doing anything around the distillery and with our blending program. Uh, but really the focus is check out our website, blackbuttondistilling.com. Facebook at Black Button Distilling and also Instagram. Love it. And that's where any events here are going to be posted is just right on there. Yep. And anything else will be on our website. Okay. Can so, people subscribe to like a newsletter or something through your website or no? So we haven't, you can actually get on an email list. Okay. Cool. Um, so like if you come to the website, you can sign up for our emails. That's a great way to see what's coming up. For instance, Lilac Gin's mm-hmm. about to launch. So if you want to get ahead of our pre order, which will be coming out at the end of next week, you could jump on the list for that. Uh, and then anything else that we've got going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Facebook, we're going to keep that up to date. Instagram will keep it up to date. 
but also to check out classes especially see True. what we're doing for cocktail gin and bourbon classes that's all on the website and people can sign up right on the website for a class yep absolutely Sweet. cool yeah those have been selling out pretty quick so it's definitely one of those you'll probably have to plan about a month in advance sure no worries anything we didn't talk about that you want to you want to bring up before we we close this out no, guys, this has been great. I mean, definitely looking forward to doing more of this with you guys sure. now mm-hmm. that the pandemic is starting to let us be in person together. Right. It's really exciting. Uh, but no, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much for everything. We yeah, really appreciate your time. Go check them out at your local liquor store, Black Button Distillery. Go to their website, Instagram, Facebook, and everything else. Go try their products because they do not disappoint. And it's amazing for the price point. So thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Sold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.